today on Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, Trouble River. And welcome to Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet. It's the only podcast on the internet where we talk about every single Bruce Springsteen song in alphabetical order, one by one. I'm J.B. Clark. I'm joined, as always, by my main man, Rob Carmack. Rob, how are you doing? J.B., I'm so excited to be talking about the river with you here. This, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. My, my level of enthusiasm is, oh, wait a minute. This is not the river. It's a no, different this river is not song. the river. This is yeah, Trouble <laughs> River. It's Trouble River. Trouble River. Not the river. Not not as peaceful as, uh, you know, the normal river. I, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to The normal river is not that peaceful either. No, it's not. Um, I mean, I guess peaceful in that, like, you know, everything seems normal until you wake up one day and realize that, you know, your whole life's kind of flown right on by. Right. That's mm. not so much peaceful as it is really upsetting. Really upsetting. It's, I mean, it's not not peaceful, you know. <laughs> it's low key upsetting. Yeah, man, surrendering to the tide. Yeah, <laughs> surrendering to the undertow. Yeah, time is a flat uh, circle and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being underwater, you know, is peaceful <laughs> right up until that very last moment right. of panic. Uh, so anyway, this song's not necessarily <laughs> about drowning to death. Uh, today we're talking about Trouble River. That's right. The uh, 1999. Well, the studio outtake from Human Touch. Yes, it's a Human Touch outtake. It was released on 18 tracks, not to be confused with its much bigger cousin, Tracks. So 18 18 tracks was released a year after Tracks because it was like, we need something that's a little more uh, digestible, I suppose, than the 66-song behemoth that was Tracks. And so they released 18 tracks. But in order to make sure everybody bought everything, they included some new stuff on 18 Uh tracks that somehow didn't make the cut on regular tracks and so this song was one of the 18 track songs along with like the promise and uh i want to say oh what was the one we we did it oh the fever i think right wouldn't the fever also one of the 18 tracks exclusives Mm -hmm. that sounds right i think that's right i'll basic fact check that later but uh so anyway um so this was one of the songs that bruce threw on there was like let's make sure everybody buys this so uh trouble river it's like you said it's a human touch outtake and um yeah, that's uh, that's what this is. This song, uh, it has been played live exactly one time, and that was on August the first, nineteen ninety nine, in East Rutherford, New Jersey, with the E Street Band. That was on the reunion tour, uh, right after the release of eighteen tracks. So Bruce decided to say to himself, "Wonder what this song would feel like live," and then never did it again. <laughs> yeah, he it. learned his lesson. So, uh, I don't know, JB, do you feel like, is that a tragedy? Do you feel like the world is missing something by not having it more in the rotation, that Trouble River could be maybe a concert staple for Latter-day Bruce Springsteen fans? Uh, all right, so I would, uh, if I heard him play, if I have been to two of his shows and he played Trouble River at both of them, I'd probably be a little bit pissed that, like, that took up time. <laughs> um, but if I went to one show that he played it at, like, if I just heard him play that, good, like, just you know not say anything even if it's like the first song you know like lights are down and i just hear that guitar part lights come up and bruce is on the telly just i'd be pretty psyched it's not a bad <laughs> guitar part right it's it's, yeah, it's, it's okay fun guitar part yeah it and i love like I mean, a lucky I, town I, song I like, than a human touch song because of the guitar part. very much like a lucky town song and i love what he's doing vocally too you know just hollering and uh doing his ooze his real high falsetto head voice ooze mm-hmm 
Um, really good solo. Just punches in the reverb and the fuzz and just plays the melody and then crushes into a really just like super 90s version of a 70s guitar solo. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, I was born in 1988. That's the kind of guitar solo that like I was raised on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you that, know what I mean? That That's tracks. like, yes. That guitar solo was the background to like all the Nerf commercials, you know, <laughs> during Saved by the Bell reruns. Man, you're so right. It totally is. It like you put that guitar solo on and just imagine two like yeah. nine year old kids going, G.I. Joe Cobra, you know, or something yeah. along those lines. Right. Yeah, it starts off just doing the melody part, and that's where like the first, uh, you know, VO comes in. And it's like, you know, introducing the newest G.I. Joe. Yeah, yeah. Kids, look out, because your playtime's never going to be the same again. And then it's just kids, like, smashing these plastic G.I. Joe dolls against each other. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, yeah. And in the background, it's like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're so like, right. Their, they're, like, riding a, a G.I. Joe Jeep through this desert, and then it, like, pulls out, and it's a sandbox, you know? And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 this tank turns yeah. into a chainsaw. Yeah. yeah. You think you could throw a football far? Try this new Nerf football. <laughs> Man. This football is absolutely not regulation. That is that is spot on. You're you're right about that. Remember those like Nerf Vortex footballs that had tails on them that you could throw like Man. Yeah, like the the commercial was like John Elway throwing one out of a football stadium and I think it was actually real footage cuz I could legit throw one like a city block and a half. <laughs> oh we man, were such toys back we would buy anything insane. we put in a commercial. Yeah, toys back then were insane. My brother used to always want sock and boppers because he was like, "Yeah, I can do better cartwheels if I have sock and boppers." Because <laughs> the kid does a cartwheel and sock and boppers in the commercial. It's like sock and boppers <laughs> with boxing gloves. <laughs> I can see, yeah, I can see the process, the thought process behind. Well, uh, let me tell you why we right. were such suckers back then. It's because of a little, uh, a little, you know. Psychological principle called <laughs> That's why we were such suckers. Yeah. You play that guitar music over anything and I'll buy it. Or my yeah. my, my seven year old self would definitely ask for it for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well man, so I mean musically obviously I think we're pretty we're pretty engaged with the guitar work here. Is there uh, is there other stuff that is noteworthy? Real big snare drum. So just big, uh, just really big. Yeah, just it's just that whole yeah, like honky tonk piano, kind of in the mix. It's cool. It's cool musically. Is that Randy playing the bass? I don't know who did the studio. I, I don't think I don't think Randy was in the studio. I think he was just on the touring band. Okay, just doing some real like snarky full neck slides in between the verses and choruses. I could be wrong you know about what I that. Mean? They're like whenever a guitar kind of makes you gives you like cat vibes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I love that, man. Yeah, and it, it even ends with like the whole band going wow, you know, not like a clean tag, but like the whole band like dropping their instruments, like wow, yeah, you know, that, like if there was the music video that you know the sixteen-year-old kid with a mullet playing drums like kicked over the bass drum and walked out of his bedroom. <laughs> this is the song Bill and Ted were trying to learn how to play in their garage. Yeah, when they were wild stallion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I honest to God cannot figure out if I like the song or not. I, I, I think I think I could probably talk myself into liking it, but I could just as easily convince myself that I don't. Because I do like those guitar parts, but then the more I listen to it, the more I'm like, that's, I, yeah, wait, 
So like I I this is one of the only songs I can listen to and actively decide whether or not I can like it. Like right, I don't so, you know what I mean? Like I can yeah, so <laughs> choose my own thing. adventure. Here's why you're having that problem. Okay. Tell this me. song came out in what did we say, ninety ninety nine? It was released in 99, but it, it's a human touch-out take, which means it was written right, probably right. It 91. was recorded in 1990, 1990, and we're listening to it in 2019. Okay, so All there's right? a, bit of a bit of a time gap. So there's been 10 years since it was released. 20. 20 years since it was written. No, 20 years 20 since, years it, was since released. it was released. 30 years since it was written. All right, so 30 years ago, the 90s had not happened yet. True. And this song... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, this is what the 90s ended up kind of sounding like. Even country music, you know, like, Achy Breaky Heart sounded like this. What was the guy's name from Longview that had that big hit that was totally a rocker, but it was a country song? The guy from Longview? Yeah, it was like a pop country guy. Kind of, like, looked a little Native American from Longview. I forget his name. Man, I have no idea who you're talking about. He had, like, an Achy Breaky Heart. Kind of... Anyway, you know what I'm saying? Billy like, Ray Cyrus. It, no, he, not Billy. I'm saying he had that vibe of that. But, like... Even that, you know, stuff was very this sound. Yeah. And, like, rock and roll was this sound. That's, grunge, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Grunge was this sound a little bit, and so was straightforward, you know, whatever was on the radio. At the, like, everything pop even, you know, had sort of this in the background. Like, there were these kind of guitar parts and, and drum parts in these big pop songs in the 90s. It kind of – there's a lot of different stuff happening, but – this was the sound of the 90s. And he wrote it. He wrote it like sometime in 89 and recorded it in 90. But then didn't release Before it until the, the 90s, 90s were over. That's what's so funny. Is that... Right. <laughs> he, so in 99, you listen to it. Yeah, 99, you listen to it. You're like, all right, yeah, 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 that's all right. You know, I'm feeling this a little bit. Much like you would uh, if you heard, you know, a greatest hits of the last decades record. But in 1990, you're probably thinking like, whoa, this could be something. And now in 2019, we have all that nostalgia from all of that different sort of music from that era. Uh, but we also have, you know, 20 years of music that's been good since then. You know what album? So it's tough. You know what album came out in 1990 while Bruce was recording this this song that really like holds up and it really, I mean, talk about being ahead of the times and really like doing the guitar work that this, this song is trying to do. The, the album Shake Your Moneymaker by the Black Crows. I have not listened to enough Black Rose. Dude, Shake Your Money Maker. Like, if you want to hear really great songwriting, guitar playing from 1990, like, I, I always think of that album as coming out later because it's so definitive of the 90s. That came out in 1990 and holds up 100% today. That's one of my all time favorite albums. Yeah. So, yes. Dude, have you really, like, you, you, I think you would really like the Black Crows. I, they sound, it sounds right. And I, uh, I, I just, the few people who I've tried to like, who have tried to get me the Black Crows are like people whose musical taste I'm not. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just hadn't worked out. It hadn't worked out yet. <laughs> I'm sure it will. Yeah. Uh, another record from that era that I always forget about being such a, a quintessential '90s guitar rock record mm -hmm. because of the band that wrote it. When's the last time you listened to Pablo Honey all the way through from '93? Never. Are you a Radiohead fan? Uh, yeah, I mean, I not as much as probably people my age are supposed to be, but like I, I, I like you know I like the, the albums that are most that everybody likes. I like um, oh what's the the Benz is my favorite Radiohead album. Yeah, 
you know. The Benz. But every, I mean, uh, the, the correct answer is OK Computer is supposed to be your favorite radio album, but my favorite. Sure. Benz, you know. The Benz is good. Yeah. I like uh, all right. So Pablo Honey's like quintessential 90s guitar rock. OK. But I don't think about that. because Like my first real Radiohead record was I, I didn't get into it but way later was probably in Rainbows in 2007 mm-hmm. when they just said you can pay whatever you want. Yeah. And it'll be billed to your card as like the Oxford England Utilities Department or something. <laughs> yeah. And it was awesome and it was weird. Uh, and then I went back and, you know, got into like Hail of the Thief and King of Limbs came out. Um, but yeah, so I, I loved Okay Computer and the, the Benz is, is oh, the Benz is incredible. You're right. I really love like, the Like Hydra, yeah. come on. You want to cry a little bit? Well, the whole, the whole uh, but Pablo, very... honey, is such a guitar rock record. You don't think about that because of the weird stuff they do. You know, like Moonshade Pool does not sound like a band that makes guitar rock. Well, no, and, th- and uh, they stopped being a guitar. Like, OK Computer was like a major shift in, in a whole yeah. other direction, which is why most people don't think of Radiohead as a guitar band. Even though they still have some of the, like the best guitar work <laughs> in all the records. Oh, they're no they're top-notch musicians, to be sure. Yeah. But yeah, see, uh, anyway, '90s great guitar rock decade. Pablo Honey was a great guitar rock record. Speaking of those, uh, but I guess that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about just, Trouble River. <laughs> but seriously, everybody, go listen to Pablo Honey all the way through, just and be like, oh, you're gonna think, oh, oh every one of those was a radio hit uh, that you heard on the radio. But that's the last thing you associate with Radiohead is radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Trouble River, man. Uh, rock and roll, 90s rock and roll song. I mean, yeah, if I heard this song in 1990, uh, I would have not really responded to it. I was two. Uh, but if I was a grown person who knew about music in 1990 and listened to the song, I would have loved it in 1990. I'd have been like, what? But nobody heard it in 1990. That's the, that's the crazy thing. It's like nobody, is- nobody got to hear this song until 1999. Yeah. And so, yeah, the, the way they put that sort of honky tonk piano underneath that huge rock and roll guitar and those big old drums, great, great, great uh, sort of chorus melody, just super straightforward. Oh, and in the yeah, and in the chorus they also have that just the whole band hits that big chord and he you know does his I can't keep from crying you know like mm-hmm. they just hold that big it's just a cool like lots of starts and starts and stops it's like very technically. Uh, if you saw a band play this song live, you'd be like, oh, this band is very technically proficient. Well, in, in the hands of like a, a country rock band, I think mo- I think we'd be sitting here talking about how this is their best song. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. it's it's unfair that this song is, is compared to the rest of the Bruce Springsteen, you know, catalog. Yeah, this, this is another one of the, I've said this about the million of his songs, but if you walked into a bar tonight that just had good live music, um... And you just saw a band playing this song, and it sounded exactly like this coming out of the speakers. You'd be knocked out, you know. Like you, you'd call whatever you were supposed to do next and cancel. You'd say, I can't go anywhere. This this band's playing, and I, I have to see this out. You know. You'd call your cousin whose band is looking for that new fresh sound, and you'd be like, Chuck, Chuck, it's me, your cousin Marvin. You, <laughs> you know that new sound you're here. looking for? Well, listen to this. That's what you'd do. What is that from? Back to the Future. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I've heard this. It leaves uh, verbatim before. <laughs> it leaves us assuming that secretly there was a white man behind the success of Chuck Berry. Right. Right. Anyway. <laughs> so so let's uh, let's talk lyrics. Uh, and let's All go right. let's go yeah. down to Trouble River. It's to be a quick journey into jaunt, the river. Quick we little dive. jaunt down Trouble Trouble River. There's a river runs through this valley, cold and deep and black, coming like a tombstone shadow across my back. 
Trouble River, six foot high and rising. Trouble River, I can't keep from crying. So that's a chorus. That's a straight yeah, up chorus. Yeah, that's it. Uh, six foot high kind of makes you think maybe like he's being buried. I was gonna say this is definitely about death because he like death song. cold, deep, and black, coming like a tombstone and shadow across my back. Trouble River, six foot high and ra- yeah, this is he, he, yeah. this is a song about death, which cool. Like, uh, what about shaking? About death. Shaking from a dream. Oh yeah. <laughs> Woke up last night shaking, shaking from a dream. All I seen was smiling faces staring back at me. So that's verse two. Trouble this is a whole River. Verse. This six is very foot high concise. and rises. Yeah, <laughs> Trouble River. I can't keep from crying. Uh, and then we're gonna get into a little bit of like a verse three bridge action. Snakes crawling in my house. I'm stuck in muddy ground. Tonight I'm gonna shed this skin because water's rising and I'm going down to Trouble River. Six feet high and rising. Trouble River. I can't keep from crying. Yeah, who, whoa, baby, oh yeah, all right, baby, yeah, yeah, all right, oh yeah, Trouble River, Trouble River, oh yeah, so, oh, yeah. So the snakes crawling Ooh. around um, and the idea of shedding the skin, that's also like a little bit of death imagery, death and rebirth. So, um, I mean, other than like death is coming for me, is there, which by the way, this is a very upbeat song about death, not unlike Cadillac Ranch. yeah. Um, what, what do you, what do you get out of this? What's, what is this song saying to you? Well, I think not a whole lot specifically, but it does kind of have this sort of like blues, uh, undertone, not, you know, I mean, in like the guitar and in the way the lyrics are delivered, but also in that just sort of like very concise and very general, just, um, shadow hanging over you. Yeah. It's just a song about understanding your own mortality. Right, like there's no there's no yeah. greater conclusion here. There's no like so now go and you know like like there's there's no more profound statement other than you know we're all gonna die. Like that that right. seems to be the entire point of the song. And it's not even if any if there's any uh, profundity. <laughs> yeah, is that uh, that not only are we all gonna die, but like death may actually be like right at your, like breathing down your neck, right at your back. Uh, it kind of feels like the kind of song that someone wrote. Not necessarily while dwelling deeply on their own mortality, but maybe after someone got near them, sort of surprisingly, it was taken. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, like, um, kind of maybe like Wreck on the Highway a little bit, how it's like this yeah. guy, he he drives past a wreck on the highway and it like, makes him sort of ponder his own mortality, which is, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say, a much better song than this one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, sure. you know, because that, that song's about, like, that. Like the, the real life experience of sort of realizing and really considering your own mortality. And this doesn't really contextualize anything like that. Like th- this, this song stays in the realm of metaphor and never really gives you any perspective outside of it. You know? Yeah. That's that. Yeah. That, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like there should be more. I mean, a song about death should evoke more discussion than that, but I don't, I don't know that it does. You nope. know? Like, a, like Cadillac Ranch is. Is, is an interesting song about death because at first glance you don't think it's a song about death and it, it takes a little bit. And then Wreck on the Highway is a lot more like introspective and somber. And this is neither of those things. It's just sort of like, hey, I, I, I discovered two things today. One, I, I figured out how to make my guitar sound like a 90s guitar. And two, I am probably definitely going to die one day. And so like those, <laughs> those are the two things. Those are the two things that I walked into the studio with. So let's see what we yeah. can come up with. What have you been up to this weekend? Well, uh, got this sweet new fuzz pedal. Also, you ever realize that the whole point of living is dying? <laughs> also, I just finished season three of True Detective, and I am messed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Me and April started it, and we just like have been so busy. We watched like four in a row. It's so good. 
It is. I gotta say, I gotta say this. I like season two. I, I I never watched season. I've I've never seen. I've only seen season three of True. Oh, you seen season one? No, I I don't know. I I, I never really caught up with it, and it it was just one of those things that I I kind of I don't know. I never really got around to it, and then season three came out, and I was told each season is its own sort of individual unique story. And so like, you don't have to, you know, it's an anthology. So I, I was like, in my head, I was just thinking like, well, I'll just watch it. I mean, I really, I'm hearing good things. I really like uh, Mahershala Ali. And so I'll just, I'll just jump in on this one and see what it's like. And it totally is a good, like self-contained story. And, um, but it, like it, it, it was so good that it really made me want to go back and watch the first two seasons. Yeah, it's great. So I'll have to do that so at far. some point. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Trouble River, like, I mean, talk about a song that just really makes you, you just, I mean, uh, it's it's eight hours of just staring and making you consider your own mortality. <laughs> it's just like our long, slow descent, you know? So uh, that's, so this this song is not unlike that, except for this song is much chippy, much much more uh, chipper about it, I suppose. Yeah. How many um, tombstones did you give this song? Uh, I give it three and a half. Okay. I th- I just love it musically. I think it's a great um yeah, like if this came out in 1990. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm a 3, so I'm I'm very very near to that with you. Not but, I mean Perfect. and like I said earlier, this is one of the songs that I can I, I don't have to work too hard to talk myself into or out of liking. And my posture towards pretty much everything is like if I can like something, I want to like something, and so yeah, um, and so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna tilt it a little bit towards the I do like this song, so that's the like two and a half will be right in the middle. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it one notch ahead of that, and I'll give it a three. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So uh, oh, you got a nickname before we sign off? Ooh, I do have a nickname. Uh, for Caroline. Elfland, who is uh, a patron of ours. So if, you, if you're a patron, you get a nickname on air. We give you one that's like um, a Bruce Springsteen sounding. Bruce Springsteen yeah. style. Yeah, it's more. We say nickname. It's like a we write a verse where you get sort of a nickname in it. Well, you've you've uh, begun doing that. Th- thanks to you taking over the nickname responsibilities, you've really like uh, you stepped it up. Like I was not doing that. So well, um, I just couldn't. I could. I couldn't give a self-contained nickname because it didn't make like. I, for uh, I, I work in marketing, and anytime I write a headline for something, I, I've written a page of sort of this story, this narrative, you know, this whole thing before I can write the headline. So it just makes more like it just that's how it works for me to get to the nickname. I got to write the verse, and if I'm gonna write a good verse, you know, I'm gonna share it. Like you can't just call somebody Hazy Davy. You have to explain, you know, Hazy Davy got really hurt. He crawled into the lake in just his socks and a shirt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, for a second, I was like, "Dang!" And I was like, "You think oh, I just sorry. came up with that?" Hey, I got a great one for you. You're gonna love this. <laughs> All right, I do steal some uh, some some Springsteen lyrics for for this one uh, because <laughs> Caroline told us a little bit a little bit about herself, and uh, she is. Um, I think she said she's in college and she's studying sort of about storytelling. Uh, I think she said filmmaking. Um, sorry, it's it's been a little bit since I read the thing, but sort of just like this idea of getting out in the world and telling other people's stories and uh, have sort of having having a voice. So anyway, uh, was the theme of this? That's not exactly what she said. That's just sort of after I talked to her for uh, in email for a little bit. That's what I 
That's what I, I felt. That's the vibes I got. So, <clears throat> cool. Uh, Arrow Nine Caroline sings a screen door ode. She makes it snap, hits the highway jack, yelling Thunder Road, oh, Thunder Road. She's leaving this town, putting it in the rear view. She's got a story to tell and nothing to lose. That's pretty good. So that's good. Caroline. Caroline, thank you for being a patron and supporting the podcast. And uh, if you want to be a patron listener uh, to help support the podcast, we give half of all of our donations to No Kid Hungry, which is a organization that helps to uh, feed kids in America. Um, and uh, that's something near and dear to our hearts, something Bruce has talked about being near and dear to his heart as well. So we wanted to, um, you know, do something good with this whole wild thing that we got going on here. And the other half goes to, you know, paying for the, the bandwidth and the mics and internet bills or whatever. So, uh, and if you want a nickname, I think it's five bucks a month. Uh, and honestly, you can just give once and then quit and we'll still give you a nickname. I mean, you know, keep giving, but if you want to game the system, we won't be mad. And uh, you can give as, as much or as little, uh, and there are rewards at every stage. So go to Springsteen.com slash... No, Patreon.com slash Springsteen. slash Springsteen. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Springsteen, and you can and give that way. Uh, also, there's some merch on the... Uh, some new merch on the site uh, over at uh, alphabeticalspringsteen.com. Click on the shop link. That's all that I've got. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for uh, Caroline for which my, my wife's name is also Caroline. So that was a weird sounding sentence. But uh, th- thanks also to to Caroline, the patron, uh, for um, supporting the podcast. So we'll see everybody next time. We're going to be talking about the song "Tunnel of Love." I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a big one. So we'll uh, we'll see everybody next time for that one. Again.